So these are the um, five hallmarks of um, best practices in online and blended learning. They are decided by uh, Catlin Tucker and they are explained by me, Cass. So the first hallmark would be personalization. In a traditional classroom, a teacher is limited to a one-size-fits-all approach because they can only be in one place at a time. The class must move all together through the same curriculum at the same pace. While there's a lot of talk of differentiation, it's virtually impossible to manage a classroom environment where every student is receiving individualized instruction at the same time. Online learning allows the teacher to replicate themselves and be in multiple places at once, giving a video lecture here, a practice activity there, and supportive feedback over there so that students are able to work at their own pace and with the resources that they need. Think about this course right now. While you are listening to this sentence, another student might be practicing their vocabulary while another one is participating in a discussion. Someone else might be on the same page of this lesson, but reading it instead. Everyone is in a different place as is suited to their needs. At an advanced level, a well-designed online class allows students to select their own learning paths, so that while not all students may receive the exact same instruction, they are able to choose the methods by which they achieve instructional objectives. The teacher can, essentially, be providing multiple different kinds of direct instruction at the same time, each tailored to meet a student's interests and needs. The second hallmark is student agency. Agency in an educational context refers to a student's belief that they are in control of their own actions. It refers to the ability to make choices and demonstrate educational independence. Often, schools will talk about creating lifelong learners as a goal for their students. It's easy to imagine the outcome. A student who, as an adult, continues to seek out new knowledge and experiences outside of the structure of an educational institution. But what, school, what are schools doing to create and nurture these qualities in students? If the pandemic has been any indication, the answer is not enough. In most cases, the beginning days of emergency remote instruction were a disaster because students were absolutely unprepared to learn on their own. This was a troubling and problematic revelation about the ways in which we are failing our students. If a student cannot quote-unquote learn unless a teacher is literally standing over their shoulder and making them do the work, then that isn't learning. That's compliance. This is not to say that teachers are to blame. In reality, our educational system in the U.S. is founded upon and entirely built around teaching compliance above all else. This model is deeply integrated into the structure of everything we do, from class sizes, to grading systems, to bell schedules, to even the very architecture of school buildings. Agency, by contrast, is not non-compliance. It is the student making the choice to learn, rather than being forced to do so. So how does online learning promote agency? By giving students the freedom to participate in key decisions about how, what, and when they learn. Right now, you are listening to this because you want to be. I am not standing over your shoulder making you do it you are taking on the agency for your own learning. And if you are skipping through this randomly or playing it faster or pausing it to take a break or whatever, all of that is also up to you. You have control, not me. Simply giving a student the ability to push a button and start and to start and pause a lecture is simply is significantly more agency than a classroom where a student has no control over when the lecture begins or ends. At an advanced level, a well-designed online classroom will allow students to select from multiple methods of practicing concepts and demonstrating understanding, and will provide them with the ability to dive deeper into what interests them, while glossing over what does not. The third hallmark is authentic audience. Including an authentic audience is a major element of the Buck Institute's method of project-based learning. Essentially, this concept boils down to the idea that a student's work is created for, and presented to, more than just a teacher or a classroom. By asking students to design a public product, a project takes on significantly more meaning and naturally must include real-world authenticity. 
Rushton Hurley, author and KCI affiliate, often puts it this way. When students create work for just the teacher, they want it to be good enough. When they know this work will see the world, they want it to be good. The difference is important. Students who push themselves to make something really good, rather than simply acceptable, learn what they are capable of doing. Despite its importance, most teachers who have attempted project-based learning will tell you that the authentic audience or, and or public product element is one of the most difficult aspects to provide in a project. It is tricky to find local working professionals and experts who have the time, availability, and desire to weigh in on student projects. Thus, often the authenticity is either simulated or lost entirely. The internet can provide an opportunity to vastly expand the network of available professionals. Rather than have a local audience attend an exhibition night, online work can be distributed to an audience all over the world and feedback can take place asynchronously. Just having students post their work publicly online, even if it is without a specific audience, creates the motivation to make sure that they are creating something worthwhile. The fourth hallmark is connectivity. The concept of connectivity is somewhat related to authentic audience. Namely, students are able to access peers and experts around the world when they are learning online. These kinds of connections help to break down the walls of the classroom and expose students to information and experiences that they would not otherwise be able to have. Students can join scientists as they explore an active volcano, or can converse with similar age groups in countries that are vastly different from their own. Being able to experience different perspectives and think about issues from a global standpoint is critical to student development at all ages. For those of us who have learned and taught exclusively in in-person classrooms for our entire lives, it can be difficult to imagine the same level of collaboration and connection happening online that happens in face-to-face -face learning experiences. It's true that there are differences in the kinds of collaboration that occur, although these barriers are crumbling more and more every day. But it's not accurate to say that the level of collaboration is necessarily less. Much like in-person learning, the level of student interaction, connection, and collaboration within a given classroom is largely determined by the teacher, and can vary widely. In this lesson alone, you've already had three opportunities to connect with other students. That would be the answer garden, a discussion, commenting on the two videos. And you can expect many more of these kinds of opportunities as we can continue throughout the course. Additionally, collaboration and communication in an online classroom opens up opportunities for students to participate and contribute when they may not have otherwise. A student who is not comfortable answering a question in front of the class on the fly might be more willing to contribute if they can take the time to formulate their answer. More voices are heard in the online classroom and from a more diverse group of students. Finally, for teachers who will teach in a blended format, the flipped classroom model offers incredible opportunities for collaboration by moving the passive and isolating lecture learning to the home and maximizing in-person time for group activities and SEL strategies. The final hallmark is creativity. Being in an online learning environment automatically means that students are using technology. There's an immense capacity for creativity in modern technology, and this is an opportunity that the online instructor should embrace. Students have incredibly powerful tools at their fingertips, whether they are on a phone, a Chromebook, or a full desktop system, and these tools should be taught and used in any virtual classroom. Some of these creative online tools we modeled in this course, and many more are covered in depth throughout the online and blended instruction certificate pathway. Still, new tools are being developed and refined every day. Most of us grew up in a time when 3D modeling was something that would have taken a dedicated supercomputer. Now, students in elementary schools can create 3D models in free browser-based applications like Tinkercad. Facilitating student creative expression not only serves to heighten the personalization aspects of online learning, but also helps with student agency by empowering them to become creators rather than consumers. This is a very important distinction, especially for digital native students who may see technology as purely a form of entertainment and not recognize its potential as a tool. 
By encouraging students to create using technology, whether it's a video, a podcast, a website, or a programmed game, we are showing students the other side of the coin and helping them to become critical consumers of media. By creating a video, they will understand how video can be manipulated toward a bias. By developing a game, they can build an understanding of risk-reward and feedback loop mechanics and more deeply understand their own learning process. Most importantly, however, students are learning that they have the capacity to create and build using cutting-edge technologies, and that the tools to do so are already at their fingertips. And those are the five hallmarks. Personalization, student agency, authentic audience, connectivity, and creativity.